everybody. I'm Deacon Dave, and welcome to Day 39 of Grace and Suffering. And as always, I'm along with AJ, and this is exciting. Um, our last episode in the 30s, AJ. It is. It's on <laughs> prayer. About that. Yeah. yeah, it's on prayer. So we're still talking about the, the, the things that God has given us to help us in our suffering. And obviously, mm-hmm. prayer should be at the top of the list. And I guess I'll just mention that I, I think Jeff and I both had a, a good prayer life before he got sick. But I absolutely know our prayer lives increased exponentially after he got sick. Mm-hmm. And our willingness to ask others for prayers was also extremely valuable. And we also were just talking this past weekend about how when you have that community and you're willing to reach out to them and share mm-hmm. that you are suffering, it is amazing to see how the, the, the request for prayers can just like go out so quickly. Mm-hmm. And again, anyone who hasn't experienced the power of that prayer, um, I hope that you do sometime because whether you get the outcome you're looking for or not, I know the prayers that Jeff and I received at a minimum sustained us during that time, but they actually did more than that. They, they did, they elevated us like you talked about in the last episode. And, and that is part of why Jeff was able to experience that joy. So check this out. Um, so you just talked about how the, the prayer chain went out and we see that in Crescio, right? We can get it out to four or 500 people in a hurry and then they can get it out to whoever they want to get it out to. So you can have a, uh, thousands of people praying for you uh, very quickly, which is, which is very powerful. The other part of that is the person who is suffering. And we've touched on this, I think, is receiving prayers. So the last time I had cancer and I was getting 40 days of radiation, um, I was accepting prayers. Mm-hmm. And so I had like 120 people that, uh, you know, over the course of that, by that 40 days, my list had gotten like really super long. I couldn't even pray for everybody during radiation, right? But I would always select people or groups or situations. And I could always pray for the group in general, but I like mm-hmm. to be more personal in the prayer and, and who I was praying for. And so the prayers, mm-hmm. I think you said in the episode of the person who is suffering is even more powerful. Right. Yeah. And I think we, I hope we mentioned that after we got the letter from Monsignor McCarran, we sent the request out. I had this huge email distribution list of people that I would keep in contact with to keep updated. And we just asked all of them, do you have any prayer requests for us? Mm. Because again, it, well, it did two things. It one allowed Jeff to do something for all of the people not just Jeff, me too, (laughs) but especially Jeff because he had a lot more time Mm -hmm. and allowed him to do something for the people that were helping us. Just even asking if they had prayer requests made an impact on a number of people, whether they had one or not. So let me say this. So if you, this is the opposite of what we just talked about, but if you think it's a burden to ask someone who's sick to pray for you, you're wrong. That's actually a really good thing to do because like AJ said, it gives them purpose gives them things to do. It's, and it's got super value. Right? Power. Cause, yeah. Cause they're united already in their suffering with Christ. Right. And so when you, when, when you, when they bring your prayer intention to Jesus on the cross with them, that's pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Well, that makes me think about, we may have mentioned this already, but um, Pope John Paul, he said he, he goes to the suffering when he has a special prayer intention. And there was a particular Cardinal that had been paralyzed as a result of the stroke. And John Paul II told him, now you know what your mission in the church is mm. to suffer and offer that suffer for the purpose of the Pope. So he's like, offer it for me, <laughs> you know, wow. help me out. You know, there's a level of humility in all of that too, right. that um, that you would 
would go to someone who is going through a difficulty and then ask them to lift you up. And so there's just so many dynamics and things going on inside of, of doing that. It's just, that's just kind of mind blowing. Just think about it. Right. And so, so the first thing it did is it, it gave us a way to thank the people and gave Jeff something else to do with his time. But the second thing that it, it did, it connected us to the yeah. people that we were praying for. We couldn't go visit people anymore, you know, after a while, certainly not someone out of town. And <clears throat> occasionally we would go out for, you know, half a day or something, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just draining. And so we couldn't go as far and couldn't go as long and people would come by the house, but you know, we couldn't see people as, as frequently as we would like to when there were some people we weren't able to see during that time much at all, if at all. And so it, it gave us a way to connect with them without physically being with them. Yeah. Um, uniting ourselves with them in prayer was a, a pretty, well, not pretty powerful. It was powerful and it was very special for us. Yeah. I mean, I can't express enough how you just use the word uniting in prayer. And um, I, I'm going to really encourage us all to like, there's so often we have opportunities to pray for people and we go, yes, I'll pray for you. Okay, stop and pray for them right mm-hmm. then. It's incredibly powerful for you, for the person. I think a lot of times we don't do that because we're either too busy or we think we don't know what to say. Just stop it. Just do it. Even if you don't say anything at all, you just put their hand, your hands on them, right? The power of God is transmitted in that touch. The prayer is transmitted in that touch. That person hears what they need to hear through the power of the love of God, the Holy Spirit being poured out through you. And we have to say a word a lot of times. Sometimes too much is not not good. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. We actually talked about that this past weekend too, that sometimes it's hard to like, somebody's like, oh, will you pray for me? Of course I will. But to then say, can I pray for you now? Number one, that can be difficult to do. And then number two, it's like, well, I don't know what to say. So so one of my things that I did early on is I found a prayer that I loved and that actually I think applies to all situations because basically it's asking God to, you know, heal somebody, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's pretty comprehensive, you know. So Very whatever it is you need, I can at least put your name into that prayer. Uh, and that's something I don't have to worry about you know, whether or not I'm able to listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, to pray spontaneously. Because, yeah, praying at that very moment, I've come to realize a whole lot more how special that is um, to, to hear the prayer and to feel it right then and there. So people may, may want to say, well, how do I how do I increase my prayer life? Well, you need to learn to hear the voice of God more. And our sister podcast that's going on right now, Silence in a Year, really speaks to this idea of if we want to hear the voice of God, then... We have to be in the silence. And so literally increasing your own prayer life in terms of listening to God will help you in hearing him when he calls you to pray for other people. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's really important to think. So I, I don't know where I read it or heard it, but it was like, think about the Eucharist when we're in adoration. It's silent. The Eucharist doesn't say a word, yet speaks to our heart. And so the same thing can be true of us when we pray for other people, right? We become Eucharist to them. The Eucharistic presence is manifest in that person, to that person through us. Right. But we have to spend time with God in silence in order to kind of get to that point. And as you know, I'm, I'm working on the silence part. <laughs> but, okay. But I All do right. believe, too, that 
I mean, the Bible tells us to pray unceasingly. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how can I pray unceasingly when I have 20 million things to do? And you can make what you're doing a prayer. It could be an offering. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And, and you know, whether I mentioned this or not, we started doing that. Like I, I would give Jeff a shower, you know, every other day. And it was extremely cumbersome. And it, and it got to the point where I couldn't do it by myself. I needed help. And because I didn't look forward to those days and I didn't look forward to that time, um, I just told myself, okay, then this particular task, I'm going to give it up for somebody else. And it took me a while to get to that point. That's very nice of you, AJ. Well, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, um, it wasn't done, I'm sure, quite as well as it could have been. But just the idea that this is something I don't want to do. It's something I don't enjoy doing. It's something I need to do. Just the thought that that action could be done for the benefit of somebody else. I think, I think God can use that. Um, That's another way to pray is to do um, like offerings and sacrifices for other people that they're not direct, but they are for their intention, even offering a mass for someone, which is the greatest form of prayer or going out and doing some active service with the intention going towards that towards, person. Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, you're you're doing crazy good stuff for the person you're praying for, but in all reality, you're really growing your own relationship with God so much deeper because it's just complete selflessness. There's no I'm doing this no, it's just complete outpouring of self, which is the definition of love. Right. Yeah, I love it. So so Two more things I wanted to mention. One is the Bible also tells us to pray boldly. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, um, you know, what if we don't get that healing miracle, but still pray for it. God mm-hmm. wants us to pray for exactly what we want, but also be willing to pray for what it is that God knows we need. Right. And I love um, a quote that I mentioned early on that um, Pope John Paul's older brother died when I, I think Pope John Paul was um, in his early teens. His brother was only 26. Mm. And one of, and, and his brother had scarlet fever, so at the time he was quarantined, and they weren't able to go see him or even yeah. spend time with him. But one of the things his brother, whose whose name was Edmund, he said, "True prayer is waiting for God to come when and how He wants to." It's like, well, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> Not easy to do, but I think the more time we spend in prayer, the closer I might be able <laughs> to get to that. It takes patience, yeah. right? I often in spiritual direction have to. You know, that's one of the things that comes up is, you know, why does why does God take so long and why isn't it going a particular way? Those are both mysteries. Um, but in terms of the timing, I believe there's a lot happening in preparation and formation and whatever you want to call it during that period of waiting for whatever it is that he wants to do, whatever that next you know, step is or however you want to look at it. There's a lot going on inside of that if we're opened up to it. Right. The last thing I wanted to say was that um, when Jeff would wake up in the morning, he he wasn't able to get up on his own and he knew I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. So a lot of mornings he would let me continue to sleep, which I greatly appreciated. But he's laying in bed, can't even get to his computer. He can't do anything else um, until I wake up. So I just asked him one day, I said, what do you do in the mornings while you're waiting for me to wake up? And he said, well, I pray. I was like, oh, well, good answer, duh. And I said, well, what do you pray for? And it goes, I pray for you to wake up. <laughs> so that's where yeah, prayer and that. humor can meet. So You can tell that joke 100,000 times and it would still be funny. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I could just, I can, I, I can imagine him just laying there going like, how much longer is she going right. to sleep? So Lord, you can please, pray for anything. You can pray boldly for anything. Yeah, Lord, please let your timing in the, the, the how be now. <laughs> exactly. Right. 
Anyway, well, let's, uh, do you want to close with some prayer? Sure. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for Jeff's humor, and I thank you for humor overall. And a friend and I joke that we know you have a sense of humor, God, and we hope that you allow us to see it even in our suffering. And we ask that you um, let us use prayer to come closer to you, come closer to others, uh, come closer to those um, that we know most in our lives, those who are helping us. Help us to recognize how prayer can connect all of us into the one body of Christ that that you have made us to be. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you for episode 40 tomorrow. Bye.